All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome in. No Bag Milk today. Oh, we miss oh. him already. And half our listeners are gone. And everyone's turned off. <laughs> but and I'm here. People. Zach Lang is here to fill in for Bag Milk, though. So we still got a full crew to bring you episode 165 of Oilers Nation Radio, which is presented by Oodle Noodle. That place is delicious. And they sponsored the Delicious Debate. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Um, earlier today, debate, while debate, sitting here doing debate. the pregame show, I couldn't say the word dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. Yeah, there it is again. Um, yeah, see, and I still can't. And when I said delicious debate there, that gave me PTSD you're like having, half an hour ago. You're having you, a tough morning. Are you going to post the clip of you trying to say dynamic duo? Yeah, I will. Oh, I will. Come it's on! Anyways, uh, the Delicious Debate today here on Oilers Nation Radio you know, the Oilers have been getting some really good contributions from their bottom six. Devin Shore, Kyle Torres, they both have goals this week. Cassian has three on the year. Fogel's got a couple as well. Derek Ryan's even found the back of the net. So far, through nine games of the regular season, the question is, which bottom six forward has been the most impressive to you? Zach Lang, you are our guest, so you can go first. Oh, that's so kind of you guys. I think it's got to be Warren Fogel, right? I mean, he's, oh, I, I know I probably stole all your guys' answers, but I got to go first, so I'm taking it. He's looked awesome in the bottom six so far this year. I think the acquisition was a great one I mean obviously it was tough to see Ethan Bear go but you love what Fogel's brought to the lineup you know he plays hard on the puck he's aggressive on the forecheck you know he's found the back of the net a couple of times and he's making that uh, bottom six group really strong and he's helping boost a guy like Zach Cassian who also is showing really well so far this year your answer is Warren Fogel Nation Dan your answer is it was Warren Fogel but I'll pivot and I will also be honest because there's another guy that I think came as advertised and it's Derek Ryan 
He's been solid defensively, as we were told by many Flames fans he would be. And uh, and he's even really chipped in on, on the offensive side of things. You know, not as not as much as your top-line guys, your top-flight guys, but, mm-hmm. but he's been just as advertised, and so I'm happy with that. But uh, I don't think there's anybody really in the bottom six that I'm too upset with right now. Rick? I think I have the last answer, though, because if you go to that fourth line or anybody who's a, a healthy scratch, I don't know if you can really give him any green check marks. So the other guy I'm going to bring up is, is Zach Cassian. We kind of knew what we needed out of him. He's already got, you know, you know what he gets paid. He's got to live up to that, that dollar amount, and I think he's doing it right now. Um, outside of he, he solidified that third line, which allowed Yamamoto to slowly find his spot, which he's doing yep. now. Um He's bringing everything we want out of him right now. I think he's he's kind of returning to the form that everyone's not sitting here going, figuring out how to trade him. So I think he's really solidified that that third line. And outside of that, I, I really don't see where you're going to go. So, Ty, your answer here is going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah, I think I'm... I'm going to agree with you, actually. I'm going to say Zach Cassian. Like, Warren Fogle, we were all kind of hoping would come in here and be a really good presence in the bottom six, and he did really good stuff in Carolina as well. But when it comes to Zach Cassian, he was facing pressure this season. Like, if I wouldn't have been surprised if he, he came into this year and didn't play well. And he's just completely blown me away with how effective he's been, not just, you know, scoring three goals. That's huge. He's back to his usual Cassian antics as well. We had the thing against Calgary. He's always running his mouth when he's out there on the ice. And he's brought that physical play as well, which this bottom six needs too. So I just, Cassian for me has been the most surprising member of the bottom six. Just because, especially after the head injury in the preseason, I really didn't think we would see this level of Cassian this early in the year. And it's funny because he's kind of done this two or three times in his career where you've kind of almost got to the point of like, okay, hey, we've got to move him on. And then he comes back and kind of reinvents himself. He did it, uh, you know, right around contract time, right after he asked for his trade. He's doing it right now. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive that the guy is able to kind of like just pull his socks back up and get back out there and, and find a way to be uh, uh, relevant again. Well, I think there's something to be asked too about like, is Zach Cassian earning his contract now, right? It was 3.25 million. He signed the deal just after he had that real heater with McDavid and then he was disappointing afterwards. So, you know, I I would say yes, because I think he's bringing everything you want from a guy like Zach Cassian. And yeah, 3.25 still maybe a little bit high, maybe 750,000 too high, Mm -hmm. but like that's that's not a huge difference. And that 3.25 was signed at a time where the cap was always rising at all at a, at a, yeah, at a rate at all time. Right. So it wasn't always going to be percentage of, of the cap. It wasn't always going to be that, but he, he, it is what it is right now. And, and yeah, I think we're, we're, we're getting the most out of him, I think. Well, and also when he signed that deal, he was the depth that this organization had. If the top flight guys went down, Cassian was the guy that was replacing them. And so uh, there's that element to his game as well that I think he can still be counted on for if and when, you know, injuries do happen because they do happen. Uh, Cassian will be able to slide into that right-hand side and fill in, you know, admirably. He won't replace that player completely. But, but yeah, he's a guy that you have for some value that's stashed in your bottom three or your bottom six. That's the other thing too. Like this forward group, knock on the wood tables we're all sitting on for the last couple of years, they've been very healthy. You're sitting on a table? We're sitting by. I don't know what I, I said. Just you know, you know, English is hard for me today, man. With um, exception of the last game of the year. Yeah, with with the McDavid injury a few years ago. But right Ugh. since then, like this top six has been really healthy, and that is never a guarantee. And the fact is, you know, if the Oilers were to 
God forbid, have one of their big centermen go down, Nuge can slide over. If the Oilers have a winger go down and it's on the left side, Fogel can slide up. If it's on the right side, either Cassian slides up or Hyman can flip to the right side and Fogel slides back up. Like, this depth they have is huge, and it really comes from the third line, which was kind of the point of this question here, was to keep giving love to them. Because, I mean, I know some of the underlying numbers aren't great, but you can't deny that they've made a huge impact on our pretty big reason why this team is eight and one and we're winning hockey games that's exactly yeah. it you even look at the game against nashville er- earlier this week like they brought out the line blender and what was it the second or third period devon shore was able to get a goal yeah. you know they were able to generate some offense and they were able to do that because they have the options to be able to bump guys up and move yep. guys down if they have to and that's something we haven't seen in this organization for a long time and I mean, I don't know if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are ever going to slow down, but if they do, it's nice to know that on any given night, you could get a big goal from the bottom six like they got against Seattle and like they got against Yeah, Nashville. at the beginning of the year, they're, they're kind of the, team, the line, mm-hmm. they're the, the guys that were getting the team going. That's the thing we were always talking about too, is that, you know, the uh, I think it was Dave Hodge even tweeted out about it, about the usage of McDavid and Dreisaitl and last year, how many games did they play where they were playing over 25 minutes? And the last few games, they've been under 20 which is amazing for a team that is a quote-unquote two-man team to be able to have that kind of depth. That quote impressive. is only outside of the 780-825-250. I think Oilers fans can, can agree and admit that that we are uh, we have two of the best players in the league. No, we have the two best that players. That is not in the our fault. No, but there's nothing wrong with it. We're also not a two we're not a two man team. Well, we're two men and then we're three and four and five, six other guys that you have to worry about too. Yeah. But every team would be like that. Like the we have a legit top six, we have a legit top nine, and it, it's and I Ty was saying that saying this at the beginning of the year, it's it's tough to find a roster out there with a with a better forward group than what we well, have right now. And I would say that Vegas was probably the 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 leader before this, but you've seen with Vegas what a couple yeah. of injuries has done to that team. They've absolutely been decimated, and now they go and trade for a Jack Eichel that is out for the foreseeable future. Well, we'll get into the Eichel deal a little bit later on here, um, but let's keep let's talk a little bit more about the two wins this week. The way I looked at them, kind of similar to a lot of the victories this year. You sit there at the end of the night and you go, boy, they they didn't play great at all. Like it was not a perfect game against Seattle. It wasn't a perfect game against Nashville. Wasn't that A-plus level of hockey we're almost still waiting to see? But then you sit there and go, they didn't play great. Was there any point I was concerned they were losing that game? That's exactly it. Was there any doubt? right? Was there any doubt? No. Even when they're down in games, you just don't question things because you know that we're going to get a power play. You know that those guys are going to come out and do something and make something happen. They're going to draw a power play. Yes. It's not like they're giving them to us because no, we're 100%. definitely not even well, the, getting, we're the not way getting they're, them out. The way they're going right now, it kind of does feel like the refs just go like, ah, okay, we can give them one. It's been, it's been yeah, 12 minutes since the last one. Yeah, okay, we can give them this one. Yeah, I got two more names to put on my uh, my anti-referee list Uh-oh. now after that uh, the Monday game. <laughs> Terrible. Is, the, is there anybody on the referee missed? roster yeah. that isn't Honestly, there? you'd have <laughs> to ask some of the people on Twitter because I'll, I'll get like <laughs> tweets sometime like, oh, shit, that guy's refing tonight? Oh, yeah, I got to be on top of it. But I had to like search for these two guys, and I had no idea who is who. I got to look look for their name. Then go because all batch. I got is a number out there, right? Then I got to like search online, see what number they wear. They don't always wear the same number. Yeah, really? I can't look at the right guy. Jake Brink was one of them, and I couldn't say the last guy's name, so anyways. Good. But yeah, no, you, you it's been two years that. since you've been in the building, so you're getting well, ref, you're couple, getting to yeah, meet yeah. new people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple new refs out there, but yeah, no, you got to make sure that they, they, they keep them on their game, keep them honest. 
Yeah, you're playing an important role in this eight and one start as well. Right? I try, I try, <laughs> I, man. Well, I do think that the fans have a role to play now. Uh, the players can't be always complaining to the referees. Yeah. We need to be the ones. I will when sign that on home ice. I'll sign up for that. And job Rick right is going now. crazy. The fans need to be going crazy too. And and you keep it respectful. You don't need to do always. the fu chance and that Never. kind of stuff. But let's hold the referees accountable when we're at home. I love a good ref, you suck chant. I think those yeah. are the funniest things. Those are pretty good. Uh, Especially when like a little kid is just into <laughs> it and going at it. But you got to get, you got to get, you got to get clever, man. You got to get clever and, and ride them for something that for me, the people around me is like two to three sections away. They're usually laughing too. That's why I know I'm okay. If no one's really saying anything, I might be like stepping on some nerves, but mm-hmm. usually I'll say something and people like laugh. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Any other uh, big takeaways from the games this week? Like, I mean, Dreisaitl doing the whole 20 points in nine games is just ridiculous. We'll yeah, that's that kind of, that's kind of expected. And what's kind of, what Connor's doing is kind of expected. And what most guys are doing is kind of expected. But one guy out there is doing something that wasn't expected that most people didn't think would happen, and that's Mikko Koskinen. What he's doing in the net right now is phenomenal it's 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 giving me a little bit of worry that if he does this all year that there may be another contract behind him man there's no oh, way they re-sign him I, like okay I can't, for, you can't say like no for, way anymore so first of all first yes of all, we, did, we, we like, signed we like, mike smith we didn't like the contract for the dollar amount and the years right so if you fix the years and fix the dollar amount <laughs> all of a sudden if this goalie keeps doing this dude like if you've watched, you've watched what you've seen so far, that you can't just give up on this goalie if he does this all year. Then what? What do you do at that point? I, don't, I wouldn't put... Walk, you can't let well, him walk away. I mean, I understand what you're getting at. Like, it is a tough situation for the Oilers to be in, right? Like, how confident are the Oilers in Stuart Skinner or Ilya Konovalov? Konovalov. God, I keep butchering that one. <laughs> um, like, how confident are they in those guys? Like, Zero. Well, I don't know. Well, Konovalov right away. You, you Skinner, know, they showed their cards. fine. And Skinner, if things don't go well with Mike in the next week or so, could see Buffalo next week probably. Maybe, yeah. Buffalo's on the second half of that. Yeah, so maybe he's kind of forced to get a game, but they haven't given him one right now. I was just going to say, I don't think they they have been forced already. Yeah, they're okay with keeping him in the AHL right now, which is fine. That's just where his career is But I'm talking like longer-term projections, right? Because how old is is Koskin? What, 31 years old? Mike Smith is 39 years old? Exactly. we got like Like, nine more years of Miko Koskin. (laughs) Yeah, okay. If Mike Smith has taught me anything, we've got a long time going. If Miko plays this way all year, it's going to be tough not to you can't let them walk away for no, free. I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree you know, with two million you. I don't years. Necessarily it's disagree crazy, it's crazy to think about. It is crazy to think about. But in the same breath, we all the team needs to be looking towards the future. Yeah, and 100%. having a future, hundred percent elite goaltender in yeah. there. And if there's a guy like John Gibson available this off season, the Oilers have to pull the trigger on that. They have to go and get a guy that they can have in the net for years down the road. I think I mostly agree. But look at Miko's numbers. Right, if Miko's numbers today. Or what his numbers are at the end of the year? The accuse the, the, I mean, the, he's going to win the Vesna at that the, point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll bring <laughs> but it like, back, bring it back to like you okay, know. But then what's his ask? Let's call him a top ask five. That I have no idea. Right? Because this is the thing. If he if Koskinen plays, and you this got to well, trade for Gibson. You, you have to spend to bring him in. Do you think Koskinen's going to ask for less than four and a half million dollars if he keeps this play up all year? This conversation is insane to me. I would just like I, to point no, out. I agree. Well, it's it's wild. So here's the thing. But you can't, you but can't like, deny that it's going to be a conversation if he plays like this for the whole year. Well, that's what we do here. We do for have sure. conversations, and you guys are debating. It's hilarious. Like, I, it's hilarious. I, just, I love that this has come from the delicious debate. I, I don't want to pay Koskinen over $3 million a year. 
I don't want to pay Koskinen more than like two million, and even then, I'd be like, we should be trying to get something different. I, I don't disagree if with that. Koskinen has great numbers through the regular season. Let's say he ends the year with like a two top seven five, five goalie, top five goalie. He's not going to be a two. No top numbers, five numbers, numbers wise. Okay. He will never be that type of a yeah, goaltender, but his numbers. So let's say end he ends there. with yeah two seventy five goals against average and like a nine twenty save percentage, and you're like, all right, that was a great season by Koskinen. We didn't see that coming. Unless they win the Stanley Cup, get a new goalie. I agree, but you're you're letting the guy walk for I, free. It's, it's yeah, really weird. Yeah, you're, do we because just the become the Toronto Maple Leafs? Be that's 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 the point. It's I'm trying gonna to be make. hilarious. Like we're gonna the we point could is, be in a position. Like, if if Koskinen is asking for anything over three million dollars, you say see you later, buddy. Great season. Go chase the bag somewhere else. I'm not like Tyler said. I'm not paying him a cent over three million dollars this year. The only issue for me is that the the backup next year is still Mike Smith. Yeah, and that's why you need like an it's like also biodegradable. It's also one. put into Bakersfield. Like Mike Smith yeah, is not, not necessarily there. That's not going to happen. Not like, a, not with this team. Like, not with what they're, he's they're, earned. Yeah. Not with the way the team sees Smith. There's no way he's not the team's backup. Coach. I will give you this: the only way it makes sense to even consider doing that is kind of what you were getting at. If you think Conovalov's one year away, yeah, and you go, okay, we're not going to go out and spend for John Gibson because we think Conovalov's right there. And we're not going to go out and get Tristan Jari or whoever because Konovalov is right there. But even in that case, Mike Smith would be heading into the last year of his deal. I still think you could go out and get a Jari or, I mean, we're going to see Gorgiev tonight. He's he's asked out of New York in the past. Like, you can still go get a younger guy to put with Smith next year and then start the transition plan. If you think Konovalov is one year away of, okay, it's now one year of Smith and this younger option, and the year after that, it's this new guy taking the reins and Konovalov coming up, and then bang, you got your duo for the next three, Are four years. Are you totally off the Skinner train? Not to say there's ever a train to be on, but... I just think Konovalov has a higher ceiling. Like, this is a guy who's proven he can do it at a high level in the KHL. And Skinner's been a good American League guy. Sure. He just, I, I'm just not sure if there's enough there for me to think he's an yeah. NHL goalie. I think Konovalov's better. And it's what I keep coming back to. I've said this multiple times on Twitter and in articles and everywhere. You look at the most comparable guys for, for Konovalov in Igor Shosturkin and Ilya Sorokin. Mm-hmm. Shosturkin came to North America to play with the Rangers. He spent half the season in the American League. He had like a 935 save percentage, forced them into calling him up. In January and he's been really good like he was a little he was a little shaky at first but now you're seeing this year that he he can be a legit goaltender as well and same thing with Sorokin he came right over from the KHL at the same age that Konovalov did and has been a very good goaltender for the Islanders and I think that's the ceiling you're getting with who was the goaltender that we were supposed to draft that everybody wants to draft the blue chip goaltender uh, for a couple Jesper Walstead no no go back a couple more years I think you might have been caught with his right hand too Carey Price no 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 oh. you you were you Daniel you were definitely on board with drafting this oh, guy oh uh, Yaroslav Askarov yes there yeah. we go Where, what's this Nashville. guy he went to Nashville yeah I think he's still in the K is he? Yeah. I mean, it takes time, but like Konovalov's done it now where yeah, he's been in the game for three voodoo, years. Though. You never know what is going to happen. Um, but that could work so, out in your favor. Yeah. So I have a finality to this question. Mm-hmm. If Konovalov, or Konovalov, I was about to say Konovalov. it too. If Koskinen's camp came to the Oilers right now and said one more year at no. the exact same price. No. Oh, right God, now. No, I would throw no up. Way. I would laugh. I would four, laugh. What's he right now? Four? Yeah. No. Three and a half? Three and a half. Four, four and a half. Four, four, four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Wait, too much money. Way too much money. For one they, more year. If Koskinen's camp called the Oilers right now and said, we want to do an extension, for I, wouldn't e- I wouldn't even let them get to the price. I'd say, <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. Thanks, no, we're good. Yeah, you're you're not you're not signing him until the offseason if you're signing him. And even and then, if it's like you're a signing, chance. And if you're signing him, it's like a worst-case scenario. 
as far as I'm concerned. Just like bringing him, I, back, I, this year, bringing him back this year. Bringing him back this year was the worst case scenario. But we, we, we were all, e. as a duo we, Zach, last year, they're a top eight save percentage. Zach, the oh, three yeah. of us and Bag Milk were all against this this tandem, right? That was or Rick, were you? Uh, yeah, were you lukewarm on? There it? was, yeah, you're not. There was the nothing, there was nothing to be hot about it. You definitely didn't want this. It wasn't the end of the world, but were it, you a Smith and a Koskinen guy in the off season? No. no. Yeah. See, no, I don't know. Like, I don't close. And so, At some so, point, I think I said the offseason would be a failure if those two were bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I called it Plan Z. <laughs> so, I mean, we were all wrong there so far, and that's fine. And that's good to admit. But, but anyways, it's an interesting debate. But look at us, eh? Who would have thought? Right? I, I'm eight, telling you, man. Like, eight, eight, nine, two he's, Vesna he's goalies. Gonna, he's, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to create issues for them to talk about. I know it's really easy for us to sit here and say yay, nay um, in our opinions, but once you're in there and you're, and you're dealing with the dollars and everything, it's going to be it's going to be an inter- interesting conversation now, they're going to have. Now, here's the true question. Will they split the Vezin trophies between Koskinen and Smith at the end of the year for the well, first they, time in NHL They'll history. have to split the, uh, what is it, the Jennings? That's yeah, the one. The Jennings, that's they sh- that, yeah, they share they'll that They'll split one. them both. have to do that, and then it's maybe the they do split ever. the Vezna. Hey, at this rate... Dare to dream, at right, At this Tyler? rate, at this Plan rate... the parade. Well, fine. On your guys' side of things, then at this rate, has he increased his trade value? Yes. Yeah. Full stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's yeah. the other thing, though. He's made himself entertaining for like so a if Buffalo... So if we're moving him at the deadline like it was predicted, mm-hmm. yeah. all of a sudden, we've got a, a, a heavier chip. We have something that's, that's worth a lot more. Absolutely. And that would be a great scenario, too, because then maybe a guy like Skinner or... or Konovalov has played well enough in the American League where the team says, hey, you know what? We can call him up at the deadline, and he can probably be a solid backup to Mike Smith, right? Here, and then what, well, what, no, because I think if to, Koskinen goes, he goes in a deal that brings a goaltender back. Brings a goalie in. Yeah, I, don't probably, think, I don't think Holland would... Holland's not the type of GM who'd sit there and be like, all right, big playoff race. I'm no. going to risk having my injury-prone vet and Konovalov. Yeah, but not the last couple of years, no. Um, the, yeah, like maybe Koskinen's raising his trade value, but here's the other thing. If we get to March after the Olympic break and we're talking trade deadline seriously and the Oilers are in contention for the top of the division still, Presidents which trophy. they should be, or top of the conference even, whatever, it's probably because Koskinen and Smith are still playing well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why would you trade them? Right? Oh, no, yeah, I'm just right? saying. That. I know. Totally. But that's why I keep saying, everyone's talking, ah, like Flurry, right? Flurry's this dream target for Oilers fans. And it's like, if we get to the deadline, it's because goaltending isn't an issue. Yep. Yep. The the most likely trade that Ken Holland's going to do is to bring in a left-handed defenseman, I still think. Yeah, oh yeah. I think he makes the goalie trade if we're on the bubble. We won't be like on the bubble. If we're in that wild card spot, we'll be I think he bubble. makes that goalie I just, trade. I just think with Vegas' injuries, the rest of the division not looking I good don't, outside yeah, Calgary, I, don't I think they'll be fighting for the top of the division at the worst and top of the conference at the best situation. Wait, the best scenario. Moonwalking to the top of the division. They've banked some safety moonwalking. points, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah like I, I'm... I don't know. I don't see a scenario where the Oilers aren't the top team. In the well, Calgary could keep losing year. games in overtime. I, yeah, I, they could pull a Montreal from last year where they just keep banking fucking Batman points. They, That's three of might, them already. They might, yeah. right? But Calgary's not a deep enough team to be in serious contention. Come on, Sean Monahan's on their fourth line. <laughs> I, wish, oh, I really wish. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish the Eiffel trade had gone through. <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, I gotta, say that. I, gotta I gotta thank Vegas for that trade though, because I'm pretty sure that solidified my uh, Oilers taking the uh, the division bet. You're predict- I really wanted prediction. Eichel to go to Calgary. We'll get it. We'll get into that later. We're saving that um, before we get into some other topics. We're going to give some love to Cornerstone Insurance. If you head to their website, cornerstoneins.ca, and if you scroll, 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 scroll all the way scroll, down to the bottom, scroll. there's a nice little Oilers Nation logo there because Cornerstone are proud teammates of us here at Oilers Nation, and uh, they got a little discount thing in there. At least that's what Bag Milk always says when he does this ad read. Yeah, if you click on About, Tyler. Ah, About. And then 
hit citizens of the nation, you will be able to unlock all of the things that any citizen of the nation, whether you're cheer for the Oilers or not, can have available to them. Cornerstoneins.ca. We tag them in social media posts all the time, so give them a follow if you see one of those pop up. Uh, let's keep moving on here. The Oilers will look to improve to 9-1 and one tonight as they take on the New York Rangers. Edmonton catching a bit of a break again. Shestorkin's not starting. It's Gorgiev, which is... We're the, like I said this before the, before the pod, we are the backup goaltender choice now in Alberta. Why? Welcome to being the best because it's well because it's a winnable game against Calgary. Yeah, so you're gonna you sacrifice you sacrifice someone to go against us, and then all of a sudden they you know you take your real team into into Calgary. Well, and Nashville's goalie played pretty damn well in that position, but uh, but yeah, I agree. It's it's a nice position to be in in this province when Calgary is the less difficult team to play. Good for the puck line bets, I will so still myself. Or there's been good good puck line bet. I mean, they've been a good everything bet early on here. Tyler has been the good bet so far this year. Yeah, Fade Your Emchuk is over. Fade Your Emchuk, that era is behind us, baby. It's like the decade of darkness. It was a good era, though. Um, we made some money. I'm telling way. you, man, this man right here is going to pay for my trip to Mexico, and he's halfway there right now. I love it. Well, we'll, we'll have more on that later. I might be my own hot performer this he's, week. He might be Not blushing here. Um, <laughs> anyways, tonight's also Kevin Lowe night. Uh, for you know people who are my age and Zach's age, our memories of Kevin Lozak are the executive. You know, built up 06, two tiers of fans. I know a thing about winning. They're not necessarily positive memories. Dan and Rick, I'll ask you, do you guys have some more positive playing memories of Kevin Lowe, or is he still a little bit before your time? Yeah, for me, Kevin Lowe was the gold standard of an oiler for a long, long time. Uh, you know, the guy that stuck around even after, and then came back even after, you know, he had success elsewhere. He was never he was never too far away from from the Oilers. And for me, he was just yeah, he was just a defenseman that you could count on. And I've heard stories from numerous scribes around town that say that to a man, every person that's on these championship teams says that they wouldn't have won the championships without Kevin Lowe on their team. So to me, that you know, when you have Hall of Famers vouching for your abilities and your skills, I mean, of course, he's a Hall of Famer in his own right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a special night for me as an Oilers fan. Rick, what about you? First and foremost, the, the man himself is on a, on another level. Like, the, what he's done for this city, the organization, he easily could have packed up and left. He could have gone anywhere. Um, being a part of the Oilers organization in the 90s must not have been fun. Yup. Like, you, you can't go into a room without turning the light. You know, you don't need the lights on in here, guys. We're trying to save money. Like, we're... Poor is poor is poor is poor. Um, the fact he stuck around for so long and the, he got shot on by a ton of people, way too many people out there, put everything on him, and he, and he stuck it out, and he, and he did it with a smile on his face, and he's been gracious and, and, and just a fantastic person the whole time. Someone who could do that is phenomenal. Um, the player, he was always like the last of the dynasty. Everybody kind of gone, but Kevin was still around. Uh, he, you know, he went to New York eventually for, you know, he won, wins the cup in 94 and he's back here by shit. 96. I'm yeah. sure. Right. Yep. Um, and th- yeah, so the, like, and he's the only one of the dynasty who comes back. Um, uh, yeah. well, Mike Comrie came back too. Oh, he was not dynasty. Well, he was dynasty. If you consider like he's hanging out with his dad and the guys, but <laughs> no, the, the guy was, and he's a phenomenal hockey player. I know everyone, you know, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people have said, you know, he's. 
was lucky just to be, you know, kind of saddled down with this guy and that guy and whatnot. But what he did himself was what was great. Um, I don't remember watching a lot of them on the ice in the in in the 80s. I remember a little bit of that last cup, and then obviously at the end of his career is almost almost at that point. And then I remember even in the 96 playoffs or 97, I think dude had like a broken foot. Yeah, and was like still that. going like. He just want to be on the bench, like what he could do for you. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal. I, I've been waiting for this day for a while, and I'll, I'm really happy to, to see it finally be done. Well, and I was going to say, too, to his credit, low event hockey was the game that he played. And, you know, it was before low event hockey was even a thing. And so, Rick, you know, your, your point of you don't really remember much of him, it's because he was just out there and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad happened for your team, and other guys were making good things happen. Low event hockey? Yeah. I didn't even catch that I did that. Nice. Nice. But for you guys, uh, coming back to kind of the management thing, is he not one of our best general managers by by success rate alone? When was the last time we were in the cup final? 06. Who was the GM? He was. And and as a GM, he made some transactions. Like the list of trades that he made in that time. Very few GMs would have been successful in the summer of 06. Going into 07. Yep. Um, what happened to him there was, was terrible. The pronger leaving. Yep. Spot check and, and Pekka not wanting to play outside of the Eastern time zone. You know, Samsonov, whatever. Well, he's kind of disappeared. Dickie Tarnstrom, I think he stuck around for a little bit. Yeah, traded, him for, traded him for Corey Cross. Yeah. So, you know what? He, he was around for a tough time. And like I said, he was he was in charge of, of, of the uh, the checkbook when there was, not, there was no money to spend. Yeah, like I'm even looking at this, right? Like the deal when Bill Guerin goes out and Anson Carter comes in, yep. right? And they also got the pick that ended up being Alex Hemsky and that, in that trade. Dude, and he had he was forced to do a lot of these terrible yeah. trades where well, you the Chris Pronger afford, trade. Well, yeah. even go back almost We don't like, have Eberle. Go back like eight years before that or whatever it is. You know, you've got a young player in Doug Waite and you can't afford to pay him. You gotta trade him. You yep. know, Arnett turns into Garen. Garen's eventually gotta go. Anson Carter eventually has to go. Curtis Joseph, he brought, most likely brought Cujo in here, and eventually, because we couldn't pay him, had to turn around and trade him, trade him away again. What could this team have been with him bringing guys in and us afford and um, being money, able to yeah. afford to pay these guys to stick around? Yeah, not having to trade away guys for spare parts. But all you ever hear is the decade of dark- darkness and the two tiered fans or whatever the yeah. hell that is and Lowe's, there's a bunch of that's, a that's of the low-hanging fruit to shit on the guy that's the unfortunate thing about twitter culture almost in a way and we saw it in the early days of when twitter started and those those instances happened because you know i don't think it was as much of kevin Lowe necessarily shitting on people you know it was him trying to stand up for himself in a way mm-hmm. too yeah. against a fan base that was rabid against him I remember when I when I first started blogging, I had my own WordPress site for a little while. And I remember there was um, a group of people in Edmonton that spent like $5,500 to take out like a full-page ad in the Edmonton Sun being like, oh, Kevin Lowe must go. Rah, rah. Like, you guys remember when that oh, happened? Yeah. They also right? parked the truck right outside the office. Yeah, well, parked was the truck outside of the was office. Was the sign for him or was it for MACD? No, it was Lowe must go. Yeah, I, I remember the Lowe yeah, must yeah, like go. Like, yeah. thing across yeah. from Kingsway. Yeah, and yeah. I, I wrote an article on my little dinky WordPress website <laughs> about I did like a, an opposite, like an open letter to Oilers fans like kind of defending low and saying like how much of a waste of time and waste of money this was at the time and i got ripped for it it was like my first time being ripped for something as a as like a hockey writer and so that's you that's always arrived. a memory that that stays strong 5500 dollars for that 
Yeah. They deserved every mean word you probably didn't say that you should have said. <laughs> 50, wasting $5,500 on that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It, yeah, no. It was like, I, I remember looking it up too, and I like I did like some comparables. People, yes. They could have spent how like- How many donairs they could have bought. Yeah, how many donairs. Dude, $5,500 bucks at that time, you could have got season tickets. Yeah, like, and you could have sent like, I think it was like Bam, 63 Bam, now you're a tier one fan. You can, go to the, you can go to the, the thing for 30 Nugent Hopkins jerseys that they could have given to kids or something like shit like that, right? Like, it was just so absurd. And it's it's unfortunate because, you know, like, I, I've even still as a, a relatively young guy here, like, I still was able to see the successes that, that Lowe had and the things and the positives that he did do for this organization. And at the end of the day... We have another truck backing in incident or parking. Uh, backing out those window, those those rearview mirrors Holy. almost touched. They were really Anyways. close. Um, the other thing too, and like you touched on it, he clearly you can say what you want about some mistakes he may have made as a yeah, this guy. Wow, oh, he almost close. smoked the dumpster. That was head. literally yeah. like an inch, dude. I'm telling you, either, either, nuts. either side is, of that truck was this not, is was good not audio. What we're watching right now is we're watching a truck back up. He. <laughs> His rear view mirror just missed the garbage can. He's now into a bush. Oh, this is an eight-point turn if I've ever seen one, boys. Yeah, it's going to take him a this while. This is a tight, tight tight, parking spot. They had they had to try and make some parking work in this area, and it's. I know it's been a challenge, but oh, no, they're doing be their best they can. I think he's got it, but actually. He's got yeah, it. That back, to yeah. the, Anyways, back to wow, the episode back to at hand. Back to the episode. Um, I like that you mentioned, like, he didn't leave Edmonton. Nope. When, when he was public enemy number one or whatever there, he didn't go. When he was done playing, he stayed. He was the GM. And even now, right, when he's not really involved in the Oilers, he's everywhere. Like, when I covered the Oil Kings for the last couple of years, you'd see him at the rink every second game walking around with people. Like, this dude loves Edmonton, and he loves Edmonton hockey. And I'm happy that there's going to be a night here to celebrate him. I will say what I'm not happy about. The ceremony starts at 5.45, lasts about an hour, then warm-ups, and then the game starts. So, like, I'm going to the game. And I'm already, like, looking at my mobile banking, being like, okay, how many Rogers beers can I afford tonight? How many beers per hour is that? And, but, like, really breaking it down. But for the players, that's a better thing. It is. And yes. I do like that they yeah. do it that way. I'm 100%. so tired of the players having to sit there, and it's usually only the home team, and that, that home team then comes out flat afterwards. It's nonsense. Yeah. So they, it is nice that they get the warm-up to get their legs moving. Because yep. the Oilers are going to sit on the bench and watch. As I'm not should. sure if the Rangers are. I haven't heard anything about I, that. You know, I, I, hope they do. I think the Rangers... You'll have at least a couple of players who do it. As much as Lowe is an Oiler, Lowe's other team was the Rangers. Yeah. Um, and half the Oilers ended up on the Rangers, if they, and the other half ended up in L.A. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a big connection between Edmonton and, and the Rangers. So I think some players will... Uh, yeah, I mean, Messi... I know Slats isn't really around in, in the organization anymore, but... Yeah, if, if Glenn was still there, I guarantee you the team would still be on the bench. Did well, I see sure. Sarah McLaughlin at their gala yeah. that they did too? I, yeah, I read something. I couldn't tell if that was a joke. Oh, yeah, that's the song. Yeah, I'll remember you. I honestly thought that was a joke. I, I, I no, it was saw a, it. It was in their post. No, I, it was in their official post. I, really? I, I, it was a photo yeah, of Sarah no McLaughlin. Way. These guys aren't very good at that stuff. That <laughs> couldn't have been a joke. It had to be real. Okay. Um, okay, I got a couple other ways I want to go with this banner and then also the Wall of Honor thing, which we're going to get to. But it's all going to be in Ask the Idiots, which is brought to you by our friends over at Buster's Pizza. Buster's, they, Buster's, they, Buster's, Buster's. they dropped off some pizza for us a couple weeks ago, and I still think about it regularly. Their first location opened back in 2001 with the goal of bringing together friends and family to share great food and great memories since then. They've attained that goal. They've grown into Western Canada's largest locally owned pizza and donair restaurant. Hello. Restaurant. Are you going to read the deals too? 
The deals right now at busterspizza.ca. Ooh, that last one looked good. Pizza and wings. Undecided couple. You can get one your choice of a baked pasta or regular donair with cheese. Donair. And then you can do another one as well. So, like, let's say you want donair, your significant other wants pasta. One of each. Two pops for only 20 bucks. That's fucking awesome. Holy and, shit, and you know what? If you're really hungry, that's just two donairs for yourself. That's right. <laughs> like, I mean, let's be real here. Donair and pasta? That's a hell of a meal. An undecided single, single. See, your single. pasta, you can reheat it later on, so you can let that chill for a little bit. Absolutely. That's air fryer lunch the next day. Uh, their everyday that's deal. Two 12 inch, two topper pizzas for $22 plus Busters. GST. Busters. Speaking of air fryers, I got on the air fryer train this week. And yeah, how'd you go? Always, you broke, your leftovers in last always eat your leftovers in the air fryer. I got one of like the oven ones. This is an oven one, so That's I don't think sad. you can like. No, you yeah. can. I I warmed up some leftover air fried pierogies from last night. Okay, but what about noodles really or something? Everything. But does it doesn't have like a bucket you can Busters. sit in? It just sits on like it's, a yeah. Just it's like a little oven basically. It's like your little a little like countertop. See, but oven. you need a bit of like a bucket so you can throw like your pasta in there, ju- and then and so then eat it out of the bucket. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a fair pasta. point. Busters. <laughs> Your first question in Ask the Idiots. The Oilers announced that they are going to have a wall of fame go up. They are going to keep up their club policy of uh, of only of only Hall of Famers get their banners lifted up, which I like. I personally do like it. Their jerseys retired. Where's the, yeah, where's the, where's retired. the wall then? Like, is it in that little place where we're know. not allowed to go? Is it going to be, like, on the walls in the concourse where everyone can see and appreciate no, it? Kinda, like, did the wall that you're talking about inside there is for the Hall of Famer. Yeah. So Lowe's picture will go up there now. Um, I, I hope they do it somewhere where when you're sitting in your seat, you can look up and, and see something. I prefer, like, in the or in the, the lobby. walls in the, cor- in the concourse. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, think the, I think that the perfect place for it is right behind the banners. There's that whole area of the concourse that's, that's opened up gray. there. And then you just yeah. put, you change it from gray to, yeah, being It'd a be bunch awesome. of different honored numbers Anyways, and jerseys. Uh, you had to put, if you had to put one player, actually, you know what? I'm going to amend this. Ryan Smith is the obvious answer, right? Easy. Easy. Okay. Ryan Smith gets on the wall of honor. Who is your second choice to go on the wall of honor? Rick? Doug Waite. Hands down, not a question. Even though he was forced to do what he had to do against his will in 06, no one will ever explain. No one will ever convince me that he did that because he wanted to. He was forced to do that against his will to us in 06. I, I still put Doug Wade up there. Dan? Uh, I'll get out of that era. I was going to say Todd Marchand, but I would, oh. I'll say Dwayne Rollison. Oh, for what he did yeah. in 06 for this team. Uh, and then, you know, stuck around stuck afterwards around. and kept slogging it through some of the decade of darkness. Uh, I'll give it to, to Dwayneer. Zach? So I'm gonna I, I have two. I have one that I would put nope, in right not allowed, now. Just one. And then yeah. one that I would put in in the future when this player retires. I think I know who that's gonna be, but anyways, who's your one for now? Alish Hemsky. Easy. That was my it's answer. easy, right? I mean, he meant so much to this organization for so long. He was like their only skilled player for so long. Oh, yep. man. I, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. But there is one current NHLer that I would put in there years down the road. Yeah. And everybody's gonna love this one. Taylor Hall. Oh. Wow, that's not where I thought you were going. I, I know, thought. I know. I'm probably sure that it wasn't where I, I, I don't think he'd get that honor. See, I, I don't think I, there was enough there. See, the reason that I say so is he was the first ever first overall pick by the team, mm-hmm. right? And he stuck around through some hellish years in Edmonton and endured some hellish moments in this organization. Did you really stick around if you haven't signed one UFA contract? Not to say he wouldn't have signed it. He didn't have the opportunity to. But if you, do, if you haven't signed one UFA contract, if you really stuck around, you're kind of stuck in that spot in the first place yeah no i understand that i but i i think just in terms of importance to the organization over a significant period of time i think that's really what i think it's i think he's a part of the about, right? Connor mcdavid era 
Yeah, like he is for sure, right? I think there's a number of other ways you can go with it too. With with a lot of guys that were here in the '80s that deserve to be up there, but we you know we need to one, two, three. There's probably three or four guys, maybe five, that need to go from the '90s in there first. Yes. So, Big Dan, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go Cujo first over Rolly. That's fine. Yep. Um, Hammer's in there. I, I would. There's. I do think with the announcement though, I, you gotta you gotta spread it out and you gotta give every oh hundred percent hundred percent yeah. And I don't know if you just like yeah. There's a couple eras if you choose one and one and one, ch- or you try and do them chronologically. And I don't really know. I, I think going chronologically is the right way to do it. You know, you go back to the early days, you work your way through, and that's why I say you know years down the road, like I'm talking ten years from now, maybe a guy like Taylor Hall gets that. And I, I think you'd have to point. draw the line to being like a, you still have to have it. They need to be a great oiler. That just wasn't quite good enough to get in the Hall of Fame. and Not quite good enough to get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Or just nowhere near good enough to get in the Hall of Fame? Not but quite still good. a great oiler. Yeah, great oiler is just not quite good enough to get in the Hall of Fame. Like okay. Ryan Smith, a great oiler who had a great career. Not And Taylor Hall, yeah, he was a good oiler. I loved him as an oiler. I would welcome him back. But he wasn't a great oiler. I, see, I, I, think, I see where I you're think, coming. I understand where you're coming. I, I think that too. the line that you do is you create, it's it's the memories that you have from that player. Like, to me, Fernando Persani would be in that conversation. I just don't he, know if you can. He but created something special. I still think you want it to be a little bit exclusive. And I yeah. get Pisani was great in 06. And Pisani would be real close there. But I want this player to still be a great player. Like, at some point, they were either close to the identity of the team or they were the identity of the team and a true fan favorite. Like a, Fernan- cap- like Fernan- a captain? Jason Smith. Yeah. Gator, absolutely. That was, but even that's like bubble because he was a captain. I would almost have a separate area where you just honor all the captains. Okay, good. Because you go back a couple before that then. Uh, he, the dude's still in the town. Uh, he, he stuck around like Kevin Lowe did. He was never a great hockey player, but Kelly Buckberger is a massive part of the Edmonton Oilers franchise. is a wall of honor candidate. Oh, I mean, that's, a good one for right? sure. that's why I was asking how close to the Hall of Fame do you need to be because he's nowhere near the Hall of Fame. Well, but what he did for this organization... Is, is huge. He was a massive is, part of this organization. Neither is Hemsky either, though. Let's be real. Like, he's oh, not fair. close to a hockey. He's not no, close but he's a hell of a lot player. closer than Bucky. Not mm. taking anything away from Bucky, close. but the, the talent Hemsky had was... But, like, Hemsky, you know, Hemsky was their best player. He was a part of 06, yeah. and yeah. Like he was there here for so long as well, no, right? And, sure. like, with Hall, like, his career here wasn't long enough even. See, I'm, I'm fighting this just because because I, you I want everyone don't, in. Like, I don't like the Hall of Fame play for the jerseys myself. Why not? And Why? so that's where I, because I, I just think it's too exclusive. I Supposed think that, I think yeah. that Orion Smith meant more to this city than Al Hamilton did. I yeah, did, but Al no, Hamilton's and like I'm a, not, a, and a I nod get it. to the past and, and the I get roots it. of this But team. you say that because you were a part of the Ryan, yeah, of Ryan Smith. Um, of course. But you weren't a part of the Al Hamilton. But that's era. where that's where I think that this Ring of Honor comes in is it starts to include some younger fans and it starts to include people that, that don't necessarily ha- ever have a chance of having their jersey retired maybe outside of their junior ranks. I think that those are the ones that should be in the wall of honor. But again, for guys like in, in, in our mid twenties, like Tyler and I here, that was Taylor Hall for a long time. And that's and that's where I would say right. yes, Taylor Hall is a person that I would include in that. At Jordan Eberle at the end. And of his I, think, career, I, think I think I think Nugent Hopkins have. will look great in there one day. Yeah. Nugent real. Hopkins will be there, and that was actually great that was going to be. He's going to be the first. Yeah, he's going to be the first wire to wire. Cross our fingers. Well, of course he's there. And when you start winning cups, that's 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 when it, the difference starts to come into it too, right? Because then you're starting to talk about retiring jerseys. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. 
But um, yeah, I just I think you do want that exclusivity. The last thing you want with the retiring jerseys is to not is to have that line start moving, and then all of a sudden it's all right. Every year we're retiring two jerseys. Now well, it's like okay, it, we got twenty jerseys retired, and your banners are cluttered. It's the getting your jersey and your banner up there is for the elite of the elite that have played for your organization, yep. not just fan favorites. Not just it needs to be this great combination of a fan favorite who won, who had an illustrious career, and their number will never be worn again. Ninety four will never be worn again by an oiler. It's just not going to be officially retired. I just, I guess, and I, and I hear what you're saying. I just, I think that this organization probably has to change some of their lines because we don't have the eighties oilers to rest on anymore. We don't have that to look back at, but I think a lot of fans nowadays have the 97 moment to look back on and they have the Oh six cup run to look back on. And I think that's where the ring of honor should come in. The next, we're continuing on Ask the Idiots here. The next Jersey retired banner to go up into the rafters at Rogers Place will be what? Well, he oh. got drafted a year before, so we'll go 29. It's 29, right? Like that, like we're going to get low tonight, and the next time we get a retired Jersey will probably probably be the night we honor Leon Dreisaitl's career. Yeah, weird. That, yeah, <laughs> assuming he, assuming he, he, he leaves uh, a little bit before Connor does. I think it's going to be Connor. I think that I think oh. that like with Gretzky, same kind of idea where it's like everybody's just waiting for Connors to drop, and then we can drop a few more after that. If Con- it's Connor will retire. Connor will retire and opening game the following year. Can't his well, jersey could go up. Mm. Well, they yeah, because they might, of the Hall of Fame. Rule, I think, uh, like, it, may, but it could be that. It, like because we talk about Connor McDavid, like he's already pretty much on the Mount Rushmore of hockey players. Would you be surprised if they waived that? I mean, no. it is so depressing we're talking <laughs> about this, but they no. they might waive the Hall of Fame rule for McDavid. Uh, agreed, because he uh, could end up doing silly, 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 silly things. That yes, it depends on how they're. It depends on how they uh, how the Hall of Fame kind of numbers break down right like yeah. baseball fans know that some guys just get kind of caught up in the in the tumbler for too long yeah. and so for me it's like if there's a backlog of guys that are still waiting to go in then yeah no. i don't see that i think there's not a, so yeah there's, there's not a backlog that. that'll keep him out it's going to be whether or not he puts up the because they've only astronomical, if he does astronomical right? numbers or that's let me was the last one or that's the oilers giving him an honor saying hey you are going to be the only non-Hall of Fame player that we raised to the Raptors. We ain't even waiting, Connor. We love you that much. Yeah. Bang, we, right there. We know it's going to retire it right and, now. And you'll look over, you'll see 97 forever in that iconic banner, and you'll glance over, and you'll see a couple Stanley Cup banners that he <laughs> helped contribute to as well. How's, how's that for a bold move? Joke. Start of the next year, you raise the Stanley Cup banner right next to Connor McDavid's 97. No one will ever wear that, your number that anymore. That he won in combination that means with he his retires son, as a champion. I'm okay with this. Um, yeah, 29 and 97, though, right? Like, they're, yep. they're obviously the next duo yep. to go up there. Uh, moving along on Ask the Idiots, let's get to the Jack Eichel deal. Um, start with this one. Quickly around the horn. Would you have preferred Calgary or Vegas? Rick? Uh, Calgary, especially for the rumored uh, price tag. Dan? I'm actually good with Vegas now. Zach? Calgary. I would have preferred Calgary as well. That rumored price tag was never going to happen yeah. either. No, I assume uh, not. That was an yeah. astronomical pay. That's, that's why I say Vegas, just because Vegas to me is the, they're the number one team in this division and we're chasing them we're, down and yeah. now we have passed them. But now Vegas has Eichel and it's like, like oh. next year that's an issue, but this year I'm talking. Well, they're going to get him soon or uh, at some point this year. Well, I, they're going to get him like in March, but he hasn't played for hasn't played a sure. full year and he's going to be kind of skeptical about his as he should be about his neck and whatever. If things go 100%, um, they need everything to line up for him to be ready by uh, by mid-March. What a time to be alive, though, where we're like actually debating how excited we were for a 
the second best player from McDavid's draft year to go to one of our division. He's lines. not even the second best player on our team right now. This is, no, yeah, I'm I agree. Not, I'm, like, he can come into this into their division all he wants. I but, honestly don't. Like, and I know I haven't watched a lot of uh, Buffalo in, in his time there. I'm not overly worried about the guy. But like, think about I, think I'm about either. well, think about being an Oilers fan in like the last ten years before McDavid. Right? We were always terrified the moves that California teams would make. We're always, well, they always terrified. They were about just the sitting that, on top of really good players, yes. anyways. Right? That you had gets left. But and now all those guys we have the players that like, we're sitting. And that's why I would have almost preferred Calgary in a sense because Calgary would have had to nuke their draft capital that they've had over the last number of years to bring them in. And, Right? Vegas and is going to have to subtract a bunch of players anyway, so it's under the cap. That's but, and the thing. The thing is, too, is that I don't think Calgary is anywhere near as good as Vegas is without Jack Eichel. Right? Like I think, I think Jack Eichel's a really good NHL player. I do. I think he's a really, really good NHL player. I don't think he is, like, this elite. You don't? I, I Again, I haven't watched a lot of Buffalo games, but I don't think he's, like, the elite of the elite of the elite that would have sent Calgary above. Where do you the rank rest. him in the in the NHL right now? I know it's pretty hard to. He's, to he's comfortably top a top ten centerman. Top well, ten centerman, yeah, I, I can say that for sure. The difference, the difference for me is he goes from Buffalo with nothing to yeah, Mark Stone and Mac Buffalo, Pacioretty. When he was with Buffalo, they had Rasmus Dalin, they had Jeff Skinner, they had um, Reinhardt. He was not like. Yeah, but yeah, we're not talking about nothing compared himself. to Vegas. We're not no, talking about no, that's for fair, sure. But I'm just saying, at least on his line, they had talent there with him. Yeah, and in Calgary, like I don't think Johnny Goudreau is a very great player. No, I don't think Sean Monahan's a very great no. player. Lindholm, he's a pretty damn good NHL player. Yep. But again, like he's not a Max Pacioretty. He's not a Mark Stone, right? So it's good for Eichel in a sense because yeah. he's going to be playing with higher talents around him. But I don't think Jack Eichel was enough to carry that Calgary Flames team where they needed to go and what they would have needed from him. Yeah. How about that question off daily faceoff with um with uh, Gregor and, and Frank, where he for Frank I think it, yeah, yeah it was Frank who said that Kachuk for Eichel almost straight up was was enough like almost a wash. Yeah. yeah Frank said Frank said Kachuk is not a better player but a, a big, more impactful player. Yeah, and I agree there. Yeah. I, I, I because think I think he, he, he affects more of the game. I'm with Tyler. Whereas where I think Eichel is Eichel is obviously all offense. Um Kachuk can do that offense, but he can also get under your skin and fuck up the game in other ways. I the reason I would have preferred Calgary is because Calgary with a fully healthy Jack Eichel is still not better than Edmonton. Vegas with a fully healthy Jack Eichel is better than Edmonton. But you got to subtract some players off to get underneath. The, well, the, okay, so one, but okay. how much out. aren't they? Aren't they ten million over right now? They'll be six or just under six, I think. Over when he comes back, when but, he comes back. Like, let's not forget that Alex Tuck is a very good NHL player. He's yeah. a top six winger. Peyton Krebs, he's a top nine NHL right now who projects to be a very good top six player years down and the, the road first too. Like and a first rounder and so a second rounder. Though. And we were talking yeah, about how old they were. Like, we were talking about how old they were, anyways, right? Yeah. And how they've kind of moved on from some picks, bringing some guys in. They yeah. cannot have a lot um, coming up, or even in, in in picks right now. Vegas, they're all in. They're like they're all in. Yeah. Like they're gonna move. Right? They're probably gonna move Riley Smith before the deadline. Or here's a scary thought. Mark Stone's back injury is going to linger, linger, linger until January when he has surgery, misses three months, and he's ready for game one of the playoffs. Ah, uh, the old Kucherov. <laughs> and Vegas, man. Vegas, fully healthy in the playoffs. Stone Patch ready. Scary team. Stone Patch ready, Eichel, top line. They're all healthy. Sick. Second line, that misfits line. Great role. Chandler Stevenson's now your third line center, which is a great spot for him. 
with Dodonov. Like they're a really, really good team. Their blue line's sick. Leonard's sick. I just, I'm worried about Vegas now. Um, last part of the Jack Eichel question quickly. Uh, did Buffalo get enough sack? Yes and no. I mean, I think they did fine. Like I don't, I don't think it was uh, an unbelievable trade in any way, but I think they did pretty okay. All things considering. Well, the way that they handled it made it so that they didn't, I think. I agree with that fully. No, but the injury was going to always make it so you're not going to get full price. And we're all on board here. Like, Buffalo, if you would have told me two years ago that that's what Jack Eichel gets in a return, I would have laughed and said that's embarrassing for Buffalo. The return they got, considering the circumstances, not embarrassing. Them allowing it to get to that point, embarrassing. Well, that's the problem. Like, how much more could have they got in the offseason? Well, and then the follow-up they let them get those. And now the follow-up PR about how much Alex Tuck loves the Sabres organization, and he's so excited to come in. You need to do that for for the the fans in Buffalo. I mean, they've done that for us. There's no way that the Sabres fans are buying this anymore. I just just can't believe that they're buying the stuff that Adams is selling them now. I can't imagine they are, no. Um, Let's get into hot and cold performers. That was Ask the Idiots, brought to you by... Buster's Pizza. This is Hot and Cold Performers. Brought to you by Deuce Vodka. It's the weekend, baby. Yep. Uh, Brad Brad Stepanko still rocking the Neon Nation bombs, and he was in the Twitch chat of uh, our pregame show saying that uh, the reason Leon passed to Pugliarvi is because he understood that Brad couldn't handle a third Neon Nation bomb. uh, I think Brad could have handled two more. I was yelling on uh, on Monday. I was asking him not to score that third goal because I didn't want to have to throw my hat. Fair enough. I was like, Leon, I brought my good hat. Please don't make me throw this hat. <laughs> I was happy with the two goals because I bet on him to score two goals against Nashville, and that was a nice Yeah, but you bet like a, a number that it stopped at two or something. It didn't stop at two. It was like at least two. So you could have scored yeah. 17. You're going to win the same nah, amount. That's fair. All right, let's start with uh, start with our veggies, as our friend Bag Milk would say. And Rick, you're closest to me, so you can go first. What's cool performer of the week? And I, I hate... I... I think I've done this before, and it may have been last week, but again, the officiating, man, until they figure out how to, and this is not just the Oilers, it's, it's everywhere. Until they figure that out, the NHL is going to have this gray cloud up over top of them, and you really, it's not good for the league. It's not good for the league, and they, they need to just suck it up and figure it out and, and, and fix it somehow. That's plain and simple. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. This has now turned into Rick's weekly complaint about the officials. Dan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. your cold performer of the week. Uh, my cold performer of the week are going to go to two or one faceless idiot uh, that uh, decided to yell some stuff at our friend Avery from the Avery Sports Show and many other countless things that that young professional does with his life. Uh, just a just a great stand-up individual. I'm going to turn it into a positive about Avery. He's uh, a great person. Guy that didn't deserve anything of what he was asked walking out of an Edmonton Oilers hockey game. Uh, Oilers fans, of course, rallied around him. The team even tweeted about it. Uh, fantastic the NHL to see that tweeted stuff. about it. Did they? Yeah. So yeah, everybody that's, did. That's fantastic to see. I love to see that. Uh, but yeah, to the to the clown. I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast. Uh, who decided to ask Avery, our friend and our colleague, some awful questions? You get my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Love you, Avery. I watch football with that guy like every Sunday right now. He comes in every Sunday. Dude's in, dude's in the bar more than shit. I may be. The best. Fantastic. Cold performer of the week, Zach? My cold performer of the week is Tyson Berry. He has very much struggled this year to start the season. He's been demoted down to the third pair. He is not doing very well right now, and that is not what the Oilers needed from Mr. Tyson Berry this year. I'm upset. That was loud. Wow. Let me turn it down. Just... I'm upset. That's better. 
All right. Um, yeah. I, hey, that's the true sense of hot and cold performance. That's why we started the segment. It was. It was just to review Oilers players from uh, the last week. And it's then we went into- a year and a half with no hockey, and then we had to figure something out. Ah, uh, yes, that is uh, correct. The old, <laughs> the old pandemic. Uh, my gold performer of the week is Aaron Rodgers. Not only did he lie about being vaccinated and try to spin it into some weird thing, but then he went on the Pat McAfee show today and made himself sound like an absolute asshole. So good job, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that's cold. I like how Canada got blamed in the middle of that somehow. Yeah, how did we get blamed in there? Apparently, he had said at some point that he got vaccinated in Canada and they didn't immunized, him. immunized, immunized. Sorry, immunized. Yeah, immunized. I apologize. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to the hot performers of the week. I'm going first. I'm giving it to myself. My betting picks on the Daily Faceoff show have been on fire, and I am fired up about that. The hashtag fade your Remchuk era is over, and I realize I am now jinxing it by giving myself the hot performer of the week, but I don't even care. I'm so damn happy with how this is going that uh, me making myself a little bit of money on the betting. All that, the buttons. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go let's with go one, uh, two, three. Oh, these are all sad ones, the ones that generically come loaded in. The big guy is smoking hot. <laughs> uh, Zach, your hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week is Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, my boy. He had a big game last week against the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, lock of the week, I'm calling it Bears money line, Monday night against Pittsburgh. Ooh, all right. Wow. He's a hot guy. Dan? Uh, my hot performer of the week, and I think I'm going to probably have stolen this from Bag Milk if he was here to do it, uh, but it's going to go to the three guys sitting in this room, mm-hmm. everybody that works in this office, mm-hmm. anybody that's worked in this office in the past, and especially the people that are listening to this podcast and that have visited any of the Nation Network websites. Incredible week for us this week. Uh, Playmaker Financial, if you've missed it, purchase the Nation Network and Daily Faceoff. So it goes out to everybody that's been a part of this journey up until now, and you're on board now for the rocket ship going to the moon. So you guys are all my hot performer of the week. I can't believe it! Rick? It's more than just a week. It's been uh, 30 some odd years, and he's finally getting recognition tonight. But we'll give it to Kevin Lowe. Yeah, there you uh, go. I've said everything I had to say already. So Kevin Lowe, yeah, he's been a hot performer for uh, whatever, 30 some odd years. He gets finally the recognition he deserves here. Pour it on! And there we go. That is Hot and Cold Performers brought to you by Deuce Vodka. Shout out to Deuce Vodka and Buster's Pizza and Cornerstone Insurance. And our title sponsor, Oodle Noodle, where you can use the promo code OODLE2021 with our friends at DoorDash. That gets you $7 off an order of $30 or more only with DoorDash and Oodle Noodle, two of our fantastic sponsors. Boys, you enjoy your weekend. Would you say those two companies make like a dynamic duo? Dynamic duo. Uh, quickly, around the horn, score prediction. Zach? 3-2 uh, Oilers. 6-1 Oilers. <laughs> we, I love how we always go to that. I'm going to go for nothing. For nothing. If it is 6-1 Oilers, I'm going to need a wheelchair to get out of Rogers' place. I'm going to be so drunk. Uh, anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. Screw it. 6-2 Oilers. Nice. This has been episode 165 of Oilers Nation Radio. Shout out to our boy Bag Milk. We miss him very much. Shout out to Dan, Rick, Zach. I'm Tyler Remchuk. Enjoy the weekend, Oilers fans. We'll talk next Friday. Shout out Avery. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.